Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Did you see the uh, National 2 North results? Oh, yes. Oh, National 2 North? Yeah. Sedgley and Fylde. Yeah, that's not the big story this week, though. It is. Why? What What was it? Sedgley won. Yeah. Fylde lost. That, yeah. So my the biggest story is North Prem for me. You've seen that? The uh, hold this. Right. So these two lads don't know that I've been recording. I, oh. just, I, I just wanted to prove to you that... <laughs> It's not just for show. It's not just for show. This is so unfair. That was just back chat. This is what we talk about all the time. (laughs) What else have you got on there too? I dread to think. Hello, hello, (laughs) Chasers. It's the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously here in the Rugby Dungeon to talk about domestic rugby matters, grassroots rugby matters. Not only are we the only podcast here with you 52 weeks of the year, for nearly 10 years now Mm -hmm. uh, but we are the only podcast that doesn't just say we care about grassroots rugby when there's a when there's a story to hop on board with we demonstrate it every single week as we will right now I want to hear about the North Prem then JB go on it's not a nice story actually in fact it's a really sad story so oh I've just I feel like I've I've yeah so tell me about the North Prem JB (laughs) thanks Tim (laughs) so there is a grand old club um, called Kirby Lonsdale. And I don't know if you've seen this score. In Cumbria. In Cumbria. So I played Kirby a fair few times. One of our best players at Talk H is from Kirby. His brother still plays there, actually. Um, and we've had some absolute battles in the past. So there have been this club which constantly are sort of either level five, level six, that kind of thing. So probably too good for level six, not good enough for level five. And I don't, yeah, i say the RFU are at fault for this, but they're not to blame. And I'll explain that in a second. But they lost this week to Blackburn, who have got their own story, which they're just doing phenomenally well. They just do things very well, and they've built an absolute powerhouse of a side. 190 to nil. One, nine, zero. To nil. Wow. Now, this should not happen. So, so I've I've played in some one-sided games, <laughs> winning and losing. To like over a hundred, anything anything around the hundred mark is like both teams have given up like halfway through because it's just pointless. Yeah. To get to one ninety, I've never seen anything like that. I've, there was a game in Wales which was called off, and I believe it was. I want to say it's Hollyhead that they were playing. And the score was similar to that. And it was like, the worst defeat in like Welsh rugby history. What's the situation with the league table? Do Blackburn really need points difference? 
Yeah, because they're right at the top of that table. I couldn't tell you exactly who was top. I, sh- I think it's Blackburn, Lim, and Rosendale are fighting for the top three. So you know they need they need something. Well, they've got 190 points. I'd say points difference now. Yeah, because well, that, that's the only thing I can sort of defend that with from that point. Because there's also a point of view where I go, and hey, listen, maybe I'm being soft here, but there's an element where I go. Even 20 minutes into the second half, I go right. No. So we're just going to sit here and crack open a beer with these boys on the pitch for the next 20 minutes. Yeah, I disagree with that wholeheartedly. And I'll tell you why. This is level five. So it's not level eight. It's not level nine. It, it, you know, in my mind, level five is the absolute pinnacle of amateur rugby. You can't go any further not playing. If you're very lucky, and I mean this, you don't pay a penny to anybody, you might be able to crack level five as like a consistent team. But you need to be in a rugby yeah, hotbed. Maybe, yeah. Maybe. Maybe if you're really good, and even then, you'll probably come back down, down to level six. Yeah, and that's exactly where Kirby are now. They are, I understand, paying some money, and the level of players that they're getting in. We're looking at people that are playing for like Garstang threes and Vale two. Uh, sorry, okay. Vale two. I will, I will back off a little bit because uh, the state of the table in re- in Regional One Northwest Level Five is uh, Blackburn are in second position, played nineteen eighty one points. Uh, top of the table, Lim played twenty eighty six points. Yeah. So points difference could well make the difference. Yeah. I mean, if you're if you're Lim, you're looking at this and going, points difference could be why we don't go up. What the hell happened here? Yeah. Well, yeah. let's hope they don't have to go to Kirby Lonsdale. So well, yeah. yeah, if they've still got to play Kirby Lonsdale. And actually, Lim's a team I don't pay any attention to, and they're literally down the road here. Mm. I, I, really, I, uh, I I really should do. Um, nice part of the world as well. It is. It's a great rugby club. Have you, have you played there? Yeah, I played there a few times. Yeah, the, when I played there last, they just had their new pitches done, and it, they were so nice. I would happily go on holiday there. Uh, <laughs> it does feel because you're you're on the Cheshire Plains. It's yeah, all, it's, it's gorgeous. It's always it? sunnier out there. You're you're out of the city, and they've got a the very canal. very nice clubhouse too. Bridgewater uh, Canal goes out that way. Lim do not play uh, Kirby Lonsdale. Their final two games are Manchester and Northwich. Manchester also play. Um, I think Manchester got a also, heavy defeat. Also, also play Blackburn. My my old team is now at level five, or just yeah, just uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. They've, they've done it, you know, a better way than they did it previously, yeah. in a more sustainable way. Yeah. But yeah, level five is so. That's why I disagree with you about um, giving in level five. Oh no, no, I, I totally like, understand it now. Like, yeah. if I were Blackburn, I'd go no, no, no. Keep, You've keep, got to do keep it. Keep your foot on the accelerator. Let's let's go. Yeah. So uh, Kirby farcical though. Fired their coach, I think, about two or three weeks ago. Um, it's just sad, really. Now, why do I say it's the RFU's fault, but they're not to blame, right? Um, because I think it was so misguided after COVID to limit promotion relegation. And I think one of the things we need to look at in the amateur ranks or the lower ranks is actually increased promotion relegation. There shouldn't be this situation where it's seen as almost um, a shame, a shameful event to, to be relegated. You've just got to find your level. Because what happens when you don't find your level, like Kirby are finding this year, you know, like a, a very um, uh, another very good outfit, uh, Burnage are finding this year, is that you're just not playing a pro- like the appropriate standard for you. Doesn't mean it's a bad club or you know, mismanaged or anything. You just don't have the appropriate cl- um, standard. So I think three teams should be going up, four teams should be going down, or how- however that works. There should be much more promotion relegation. Because the other side of this is, if you've got a club that's going up the table, it's hard to keep your players because everyone wants to play mm. the appropriate level. And you don't have a massive window to keep your team together. Maybe most teams stay together, what, 
four years. A really good team will stay together about four years before it completely re- reinvents itself. So you do need the opportunity to be able to go up and come down as and when things dictate. I think it leads to a much healthier pyramid system. Mm. Well, sorry, I, I tend to agree with that. You just have to find the way, whether it's you do it half seasons, you do shorter seasons, you do a period of like a, almost like an amnesty to find your level yeah. where you do bigger like a bigger league like group three leagues together and have everyone play each other once or some way of doing it there's also got to be a mechanism I think for teams to voluntarily go go down mm. because a lot of these teams must know they must you have these absolute ludicrous situations where teams are avoiding going up they're winning their league but avoiding going up like mm. they won't send their strongest team away or something like that there is story of a club in London who were doing this so they just want to every season. They just want to win every game comfortably and yeah. just throw a few games at the end of the season. I think there are suspicions around Roslyn Park <laughs> that they're very strong at home, but maybe not as strong as they want <laughs> to be away. So they can beat whoever they want when they want, but they somehow never quite go up. Mm, convenient. Yeah, very convenient. Well, my boys Marlow did the job against Reading Abbey. Did they get yeah. in? Get in? Yeah. So they, they went on the road and, and picked up a win. So good, good on Marlow for that one. Well, the, the, the story that I was breaking before, um, uh, as you were uh, surreptitiously recording us, Tim, yeah. was um, Sedgley Park, who hosted Wharfdale, very good club, mm-hmm. um, but Sedgley, top of the league, unbeaten, Wharfdale, mid-table, won about as many as they've lost. Sedgley snuck a win 35-31 against Wharfdale. Filed... Travelled to Tyndale, filed who were in second place. A long way to go. Long way to go. Tyndale, again, mid-table, won about as many as they've lost, filed in second place. Tyndale, 23, filed 12. So, filed have actually now lost their third game of the season with Sedgley travelling to filed next weekend. And if Sedgley win that, it's... Party time. It will still probably... Sedgley will then be... If Sedgley win that, they'll probably be close to 10 points clear with a game in hand. Get in. Before we get into... I, I, I want to... Let's save your Titanic battle at level 7 for a little bit. I just just before we move on to some um, Premiership rugby, mm. just, just mention this. Uh, Marlborough played Reading yesterday. Oh, yeah. The boys at Reading. And it was uh, 101 points to three for Marlborough. And I, 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 I like the story here, and I also, partly because we, our, our Egg Chasers rugby team is connected to this story, mm. uh, our vets team. But I, I also like that Marlborough put this on their own social media channels. They put a photo of the game with a little comment that said, Yesterday saw another win for Marlborough boys on the common when they hosted Reading for the return of leg of the league. Yes, Marlborough maintained their 100% winning streak. There's not many teams can say that at this point in the season, is nope. there? And yes, they won by 101 points to three. The true story of the day, though, was who showed up to represent the Reading side. A number of the normal first 15 for Reading were unavailable for the game. And so rather than forfeit it, lots of their younger players stepped up and a couple of more mature players too. They made the trip and, complete, and competed, never letting their heads go down and trying to slow Marlborough down. They showed true sportsmanship and the essence of rugby. Well done. Uh, they also had a first, where a father got to play a first-team game with his son. The father, awesome. the father being, um, am I right, fifty-one years young? Yeah. Are we allowed to? Are we allowed to mention his nickname? Fifty-two. No, I don't think he likes his nickname, so we won't. Justin 
Uh, Justin, aged 52, and his son Nathan became the first father and son duo to play for Reading First 15. But not the first father and son duo to play for the Egg Chasers Sevens team, because they both played, played for but, us. Yeah, they both played for us first. So, unlucky. I mean, nice story, Reading, but you're not the first. <laughs> <laughs> well done. No, nice. No, nice rugby values in action. Mm. Um, what was I going to mention? Something about that, but it's but it's escaped me now. Never mind. So, would you like to know what happened... In the world of top, no, not, not yet. Yes, I would. Yeah, no, yes, not I would. Yet. Yes, yet. I would. Just not yet, because um, we should we should hop around a little. I've, I saw very little Premiership rugby. I've watched. Oh, you're so right. Yeah. Much. Do you know what? I actually forgot we had to talk, talk about the Premiership. I have watched so much rugby this weekend. Yes, I have. So watched I watched Friday night. I watched the best slash worst game in the world. Friday night. Well, oh actually, my actually, god! Actually, I feel sorry for JB because like you. You've 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 defended Owen Farrell, and now you can't go at Pat Lamb. Two of your favourite well, things. To oh, do. I think, are you, I think are you, will find are you a mad? way. Are you mad? <laughs> you can't. Right, here's one thing: you can't go at Semi Randrandra after that performance. No, he was he awesome. Was, he, he was, was outrageous. What are you talking about? He was great. He was outrageous. He wasn't outrageous. Like he made a break. He made a break. He didn't make a break. He made a break. He was the to, difference. To, he was. He, he comfortably the difference. His oh, offloading game. He was off so it. dominant in attack and defence. He got both assists for the tries. I mean, fine. Um, <laughs> not something which I recognise. Uh, you know, look, Semi Randranda is a very good player. Um, you know, but he's, he is not the the thing that everyone makes makes him out to be. He's not that good. He's not the Finn Russell of centres. He's just not that. <laughs> He's very good, though. He's very good. He's like Finn Russell and Sonny Bill Williams. Yeah, he's new and, Sonny Bill. And Cheslin Colby, all put together in one package. Yeah, that's, yeah. That, well, is, that's, that's that is exactly what he is. That's how you're gaslit into believing. No, that, that, is what he's, that is what he is. Yeah, he he's is. actually even better than that. What? <laughs> Yeah, if, he, uh, if, well, if if AI, if Chat GPT wrote a program on those three things together, that's what that's how it'd good just he be is. semi semi Radrandra. Yes, fine. Uh, not something which I buy. His beard's amazing as well. Now, now that is undeniably true. <laughs> he, and he looks great. To his, be fair beard, to him. his beard actually is so ludicrous. His, his hair is so tightly cropped, and this beard is so voluminous. It looks. He does look amazing. He does. It's like he, I want to. I want to ask if I get the chance to interview him for a man of the match interview before he leaves. Um, and I don't know if I will. Though. I don't know if I'll do well, a Bristol game now. But we'll see. Anyway, because they're not going to make the playoffs. Well, well, they could now. Anyway, right, mathematically, come on, they might come on Anyway, I'm, I, I want to ask him what product he puts in his beard because it's so shiny. It's, as well. It is so shiny. Oh, what a man! What a man! Perfection. Uh, anyway, go yes. on to slag off Pat Lamb. Even uh, and, and Pat, Pat Lamb said it saved their season. Right. Well, I mean, this is ridiculous, <laughs> right? Any, I mean, that is ludicrous. Yeah. I mean, this is this is the problem with Pat Lamb. He just says things which he doesn't mean, or he's not thought through. He just says random. He just shouts random things like love, or you know, scrolls things on walls. Uh, any normal man would accept that the season was over what th- a month ago or two months ago. Yeah. His season is not on the line now. He is nuts if he thinks his season is on the line now. <laughs> He thinks he thinks that he's coming back back from this. He's absolutely not. Uh, they're eight points off of the playoffs. Isn't everybody though? They're three points off of <laughs> well, bath, bath on. For, we can yeah. say that they're three points off Champions Cup spot. Which again, I just I hate the fact that eighth spot in the Premiership goes into the Champions Cup. It, that is ludicrous. Yes, that I hate it. Agreed. Anyway, uh, well, the, according to Ultimate Rugby, they are in the Champions Cup. So let's have a look at the Premiership table. 
<laughs> Why are you on back on Ultimate Rugby? I like it. I, it, it, <laughs> it, it was deleted off your phone and it, it keeps, we recorded the last yeah, podcast. During the podcast, yeah. you have downloaded it. Amazing. Um, You're like an addict. Amazing. <laughs> can, I just tell you, can I just tell you what Ultimate Rugby tells me compared to the Premiership table? So Ultimate Rugby has Bristol on 15 games when they've actually played 14, 14 games. How the, How is Brown and Driscoll getting this so wrong? <laughs> And they're on 31... Oh, so they might have had a... Yeah, they must have had a, a game that didn't count, like as in a cancelled game. Oh, right, yeah. They played Wasps or Worcester. They played 14, 31 points, five wins, one draw and eight defeats. Yeah, right. let's be absolutely clear, they're not going anywhere near the playoffs. Anywhere near them. So No, they're not. Forget that. Because they, they won this game... But they were. But it was such not, a bad game. Yeah, they were not great by no. any stretch. They were so ill, Ill, ill-disciplined. They so rarely got phases together. And not only that, yeah, we're praising Pat Lamb for beating the worst team in the league. Yeah, yeah. The by worst, two points. The worst team in the league. And they're the worst team without their two-star players. Like the two, the only two players. I, so I was listening to the build-up of this on BBC Radio Bristol. Okay, as, as one does. As one does. And they had fans from both sides, and all of the baths, all of the baths fans, the two players that they name checked, checked were Ollie Lawrence and Ted Hill. They're all like, oh, a bit worried that we've not got Ollie Lawrence and Ted Hill. What These two it? guys that belong to Worcester <laughs> a few months ago. So that's the baths. Bath, that's, that's their so get baths, out clause. Yeah, their get out clause and their strategy for future success is basically being a vulture. Yeah, I could just imagine with like, their billionaire owner being a vulture on ailing clubs. Yeah, so so when Leicester Tigers go, yeah, we need some more some more money, or we're going to go under. What do Bath go? Do Bath just say, "Go on, yes, <laughs> go on, continue"? They're like that guy <laughs> with the yellow the, the yellow suit, the <laughs> yeah. meme with the yellow suit rubbing his hands, licking his lips. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that, that, their recruitment relies on other people going bankrupt. If, if Leicester go bankrupt, at least they'll get some good recruitment. Um, <laughs> I, I then, don't know what Bath are trying to achieve. That's the kindest are, thing I'd they've say. They've been making strides. We, we they're, they're not <sighs> there. You know, I think they have. Yes, they've won four they, games. Did, did, genuinely, the strides that they've made are recruiting Ollie Lawrence and Ted Hill. Yeah, that is the, the culmination. No, they they were okay. No, the strides they've made are recruiting Ollie Lawrence and Ted Hill. Tick. Uh, and. They haven't lost any games by sixty points like they did last year. Yeah, they're competitive. You're right. They're not great, but they're, they're always they competitive. More, so you're right, and that is a fair point. Like the defensive structure, they they work hard in defence, and at the right time, not really in this game, they can get their driving more going well. Yeah. Um, they, the negatives, they, their attack. So they've got they, uh, Finn Russell next year. Well, oh, that will change things. It'll change everything. I mean, God knows what he's going to make of this team, mm. but that. That team, so Piers Francis is a, is a ball player, he's an international player, he was in the England World Cup squad. Um, Cam Redpath, international player, ball player and athletic. Max Ajomo, ball player and athletic. Brilliant. The Glanville, ball player and athletic. Thocken a singer. Thocken a singer. He's enormous and rapid. What more do you want? And they can't do anything with any of them. Like, yeah. they, they played so narrow in attack within the few occasions that they got the ball. Mm. How how are they converting all that talent into that output? It's, it's harder to to make it that bad. It goes back to the thing I was saying. Uh, start this sort of breakdown of the game, which is 
what on earth are they trying to do? Mm. And they're trying to play in a way that just does not suit the bits and pieces they've got. This is, in my mind, an absolute classic example of dreadful recruitment uh, of a head coach. Because you've got these people together, this squad together, you're probably round about the salary cap. And you don't have the option to undo this squad because it is your squad. So if you bring in a guy like Van Gran, who I'm not saying he's got total freedom in Munster because Munster has its own constraints, but you've got a hell of a lot more freedom in the Irish provinces to construct the team that you want rather than go into the Premiership. So they've got Van Gran because I guess he's a bit of a name, he's got a reputation, the rest of it. He's also got a very distinct style of rugby. Very distinct style. How that fits in with Finn Russell remains. <laughs> I was, I was just thinking as you were yeah. talking, I was thinking that's yeah. quite that's almost like the, the starting point for It's a disaster. The starting point for a sitcom. Yeah, so Yoa Van Gran and Finn Russell. <laughs> so in comes Finn uh, in comes Van Gran. I was like, Well, I, I don't need any of these pe- I don't need any of these pieces. I don't need them for anything. Uh, we're gonna play my way. And what was very telling about the Bath selection is he tried to just sort of override what they had in Bath by picking this enormous bench and thinking, right, we'll win it in the last 10 minutes by bringing on the size and you know, we'll rampage home. Does not work. Mm. Does not work. And the Bath selection process, uh, I mean, it almost makes me feel sorry for Stuart Hooper. Almost. Almost. Not quite. Not quite. Because he went through something similar, didn't he? Which is like, he wants to do one thing and then they brought Danny Cipriani. Now, whether Stuart Hooper was spineless enough to... Just say, yeah, this is a great idea. I don't know. Whether Van Gran has said, do you know what I need for my running game? Go on. Finn Russell. It, it, that did not make sense. It does not make any sense. Mm. So I just don't think... I mean, I, it's just bad recruitment from start to finish. They need to invest in somebody who has the final say. And Van Gran, in fairness to him, should have the final say. Now, maybe this is his signing. Maybe it's going to work out great. But they have, they've got someone who has the final say. There is someone who has the final say, yeah. <laughs> On everything. On everything. Bruce Craig. It's crazy. <laughs> it's glorious, though, isn't it? I mean, he, he can do whatever he wants with his money. One of the amazing things about this game, and one of the reasons I enjoyed it so much, and I really did enjoy it, is because it's not often you can watch a professional rugby game and think, I could improve this. <laughs> I, I could actually improve this. But if, if you would ever take some pleasure, some schadenfreude in two teams doing badly at the moment, it is Bath and Bristol. Well, I like Bath. I want them to do well at every opportunity. Um I, Bristol, not so much. Uh, I would love Bristol just... the Bristol need a reinvention. Bath need a reinvention. It can't come soon enough. And I think this, these two teams need to be a lesson to all the other Premiership fans that when you eventually come to the end of your tenure with your head coach, you need to think very carefully about who the next guy is. And being a big name is not going to cut it in the well, Premiership. I'm just going to... Just back up a second. Okay. So... Bristol's. Uh, I'll, focus, I'll count the Premiership, even though they've won. They beat Perpignan and Zebre uh, in the Challenge Cup, but just okay. th- so those those two games. Their last five results: beat Bath away, beat Newcastle at home, beat Sale at home. Oh, that was the Rugby Cup. Mm. Sorry, sorry. Uh, beat Bath away, beat Newcastle at home, lost by a point to Saracens, beat Perpignan and Zebre. Okay, it doesn't look as good now because I thought the speeding sale was in that. I was mm. going to say the last five results are really good. They've um, so they've won two in a row. Okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're you know in the words of Dennis Green, they're exactly exactly what we thought they were. But they they beat Quinns by exactly the same scoreline. Uh, what is twelve fifteen to twelve on uh, the day after Boxing Day? They managed. They managed mm, to get away. That they was are, a good. That was that a good was result. a good performance at Quinns. They yeah. they drew with Leicester. 
they only lost by a few points to Sale. They only lost by a... So are they... They haven't been far off. I don't think they're as far off as you think they are. Well, nobody is in the Premiership. I mean, that's kind of the point, isn't it? So, because no, you're never far off, the teams that do the best are the teams that put in the real effort to find there's little 5% here and there. Yeah, but what I mean is, so the, it was one year to the next. When Wales won the Six Nations, when, when Wayne Pivak, who doesn't look nearly as uh, questionable now as he did a few months ago, does he? Mm-hmm. Uh, when Wayne Pivak won the Six Nations, let me just repeat that, when Wayne <laughs> Pivak won the Six Nations two years ago... That, that's the thing that happened. Uh, they narrowly won all those games and there were a few lucky things like the red cards and stuff that came their way and there was very little difference between the 2021 Wales team and the 2020 Wales team who I think lost three or four of the matches Yeah, but they lost them all narrowly and they just fell that side and it can be the difference between Wales 2020 Mm. coming fifth and the difference between the Wales team that won the Six Nations was marginal I agree with that but the other thing as well is in a five team league you do have the you have a much greater chance of sort of randomness. Yeah. Whereas in a premiership fair. season, That's fair. it does wash out as to how good you really are. Yeah. And Bristol you, are you earn, you, Your position at the end of the season reflects yeah. how good you've been across the season. That, that is fair. Across 21 or, or 22 games. 20 yeah. games now uh, that I, count. Bristol, teams. Bristol and Bath. Bath should stick with Van Graan for another season. Or let it, No. Now they fire him after another season. Actually, just fire him anyway. Just fire him anyway, right? And I'll tell just you let what, Finn Russell run the show. Yeah, yeah. just, let, just let, and, Finn, and, let, let Finn be in charge. I'll tell you why. If you're not going to let him do all the signings, right, if he's just there to coach and do nothing else, he's a waste of time and a waste of money. Yeah, yeah. You've got to give him everything. Otherwise, just let him go. And, and, if, and just, if you're going to give someone everything, do you want it to be that guy? Uh, maybe. Get Michael Checker. And now he's been linked to Bath for that, years. That'd be fun, wouldn't it? I, I I said for you, I'd love to see Checker. Now, I, I don't think he'll be very good in the Premiership. No, I think he'll be dreadful. I'd love to see it. I want to find out. That would be funny. <laughs> so the knock on Michael Checker is not his overall intelligence, which is meant to be sky high. Like It's not his overall knowledge of the game. Again, incredible. But it's like his tactical acumen. Apparently he does lack a little bit on like, the tactical details. Oh, you can just imagine him going... Just get someone else to Just getting it. a whiteboard. At, you, you can imagine him with a whiteboard. Like I say... In, what a rugby brain! But I, and I love this about Michael Checker. I can imagine him going up to a whiteboard with all his team sat around in a little auditorium, and he'll and he'll just write "effing kill him" on the <laughs> on, on the board or something. Tack this way. I kind of love. I kind of love him. He is. He's a. He's, he's a cool character. He's a great character, and he'd be good for good for the Premiership. I just don't think the Premiership the Premiership uh, is good for those sort of coaches. Mm. Uh, so, um, so Bristol uh, will feel they're in touch now. Um, with something, but the teams above them, mixed bag for them. Um, Exeter, aren't they doing all right? I love this game. It was an entertaining game. It was an absolute barnstormer. 24-22 win at, at home to Sale. Big result for I Exeter. I had no doubt Sale were winning this. Like, no doubt at all. Throughout the entire game. Well, the way they started as well. Yeah. They were, they were definitely going to win. They were going to walk it. Sale, I, I felt that there was no way Exeter could hurt Sale. They just had nothing, nothing in their armory that, that that could do it until Sale went down to thirteen men. At which point, Josh Hodge looked like an absolute world. Now he's been good for a number of weeks now. This isn't a one-off. He is a sublime runner, a sublime player. And against thirteen men, he did exactly what I'd expect a player of Josh, Josh Hodge's uh, quality to do. But after that, it was kind of debatable where 
Exeter were going to get any of their penetration from, any of their go-forward from. Uh, they didn't look like they could hurt Sale, yet they managed to grind it out. They, and they, they um, struck while the iron was hot. That window with the, the one yellow card and the two yellow cards... They looked amazing. Yeah, he did. Is that like? And then it was just an arm wrestle for the rest of the game. I guess it's a lesson in, in, in precision, because when Exeter needed those points, they went and got them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and that, that basically the difference. Uh, I thought some of the sale play was superb. Um, Bevan Rod was great. I thought Doug Dale had a pretty decent game. Yeah, a rule book try was probably the best of the lot, even including those Josh Hodges, the Bevan Rod. So I thought he had a great game. His athleticism, his scrummaging, his work rate, with one exception, his yellow card. He never should have got that yellow card. It was, but it was exactly the right. It call. was right. Yeah, it was right. Call. I've got no problem with it. That. It was a stupid. It was stupid from him because he goes through the rook. He puts his hands on the floor, and then he seems like he's realised. So Luke Pierce says, "No, you yeah, just roll not, away. Just not, yeah, just step away." And he kind of half steps away, and then takes out the nine. And it's like. Why do you've done the right thing? Like you, you didn't spot your body weight, so you stopped, and then you've just taken out the nine and stopped a uh, a very good attack from another Josh Hodge break, wasn't it? No, yeah. So I'll just say some nice things about you and Ashman, who I thought was exceptional. he was great as well. Yeah, he really was. Now let's say some negative things about Sale. So, um, Rob the Pre at thirteen. Uh, so he has proven me wrong. Uh, with his time at 10. Uh, he has been very good for sale at 10. At 13, he did exactly as I expected him to do at 13. I, there was no surprises. There was nothing that um, he did which I thought, oh, um, you know, that that was uh, unexpected. It, it was exactly the performance that I thought it'd be. And it's also exactly the performance that Exeter thought it'd be. And they ripped him <laughs> to pieces. The first, first line out Lord. when they had... Uh, Noel running was it Witten or Catter whoever it was uh, out the back to Noel running round in that 13 yeah. channel and he just looked like he was setting concrete this yeah, like, so right we're going to run our fast wing around the back past him so the way I think about Rob Dupree is um, so there is a saying in politics for the Re- Republican Party uh, and this is going to sound very harsh on, on, on Rob Dupree but I think it's Broadly correct, which is Republicans are stupid, but they learn. And I feel that Rob Dupree had gone through that process at ten, and now he's starting all over again at thirteen. But but as, as Sanderson said, Sanderson said the the only reason he was playing so well at ten was because of his stint at thirteen, which is nonsense. <laughs> I mean, like, is there, is there any of that? Which do you look well, at that performance at thirteen and go, hang on a minute, he might not have done well at thirteen today, but if we move him to ten after playing like that, he is going to light it up. It's it was, it's the motivation to never get caught in the thirteen channel again. That's why he wants to play so well at ten, <laughs> so he never ever gets moved to thirteen again. Yeah, that must be it. That uh, Northampton got a really good win. Hang on a minute. Oh, sorry. Hang on. <laughs> Hang on. No, let's, let's keep this moving, Tim. Let's keep yeah. this moving. Um, Ryan Mills, right? Ryan, Ryan Mills. Let's just talk about him a second, right? Ryan Mills played this game. First start with George Ford. George Ford. Do you want to talk about George Ford? England's ten back as a, uh, as a starter. Quite a game. These two combined are going to be an awesome combination, except for one problem. Um, Ryan Mills is a Manu Tuolangi but for people who know what they're talking about. <laughs> so Manu Tuolangi is this guy who everyone pins their hopes on, and one day he'll be fit, and you know, we'll mm. see him for a, a prolonged period of time, and he's going to run the show. If you know your rugby, you should think exactly the same thing about Ryan Mills, who is a player of unbelievable quality. 
and it's awesome that you got through the game game today. If Sale keep this guy fit in anything like the proportions they kept money to to Alangi fit, they have got an absolutely exceptional player, and I think they'll have the best ten twelve combo in the in the entire league. I really mm. think, think I really think that. So fingers crossed that that comes to fruition. And last but not least, spoke about Josh Hodge. He did amazing against 13 men, but against 15 men, I thought Joe Carpenter was really, really good. Mm. Really good. Yeah, I agree. I thought Carlton rule rule book, I thought was very good. So he just tried really well. And other England stuff as well. Just watch out for um, Rafi, because when he came on, he made one or two errors, particularly down the blind side, but he is looking sharp. He's looking very, very, very quick. Mm. Now, Sale have built themselves up a buffer. That was their fifth defeat. They've got ten wins, though, so they're, they're eight points ahead of Northampton in third place. Uh, however, it is getting quite interesting because Sale's final five fixtures are... Um, if I can just get this. Oh, come on. Why is it not scrolling? There's a lot of away games for Sale to play. Sail away. Sail away. Uh, they go away to... Uh, no. Home at Saracens. Home at Saracens is the next game. Away to Irish. Away to Bristol. Away to Gloucester. Home to Newcastle. So as long as they pick up a win or two on the road, but if they, if they lose to Saracens at home next yeah. week, it starts to get quite interesting. I think they will have enough. They've built up enough of a buffer, but so they've got to go away quite a lot. Northampton. So they can they can definitely pick up a win away at Bristol. Definitely. And they prob well they can pick up a win away at London Irish. And they'll they'll win at home and they'll to win Newcastle. Falcon. So they they've probably got enough. So I two or three. But but if they lose to Saracens and Saints go on the road and win at Bristol next week, yeah. then it it could get down to a three or four point yeah gap. And, and Northampton will then have it's all lots of ifs obviously, but uh, Northampton will then have Bath at home, Irish five away. Points. Saracens at home, Newcastle away. Newcastle away should be a good win. So it's, yeah. it gets interesting. Well, I think, look I think at Leicester's so. running, because I think Leicester have got a really nice running. They've got lots of home games, but they're too far off to get top four, I think. Oh, no, they're not too far off to get top four. Yeah, they're, they're too won- far off to get top. They're, they're, so defi- they're definitely in the mix for third or fourth. But the, um, the point is you want you really want a home. You've got to be really, top two. Yeah. And so, Saracens and Sale... Yeah. Saracens might have even mathematically not quite mathematically. Uh, Leicester have Bath at home far off. Bath at home, Gloucester away, Bristol at home, Exeter at home, Quinns at home. Oof. Yeah, they're getting yeah. That should be okay for them. Yeah, so it's, Gloucester um, are very much looking over their shoulder. Yeah, the team that have really impressed me, because they look like they were in the middle of nowhere, is Northampton. Mm. So they always do this though, don't, don't they? Don't they just don't they just it's like a repeating record. They just do better. They just do better towards the end of the season, and maybe it's because they're more. Maybe it's the ground. I mean, the obvious excuse is the ground. But maybe it's just they didn't need time to settle into that cohesive unit, which they undoubtedly are. I mean, if they get top four after sending Dan Bigger to France and then bringing in Finn Smith, I think that. I mean, that really is amazing. That mm. really is amazing work. Tommy, Tommy Freeman's good at rugby. Yep, that's a fact. That is a fact. This this weekend was one of those that... Uh, it's a matchup that doesn't necessarily suit Northampton Saints, particularly when they're missing Laws and Ludlam, because Gloucester are very good in the tight five. They've got an outstanding line-out on Mall. They scored at least two of them this week. Um, I've only seen the highlights of this game, didn't watch the Jamal scored two tries. And Sebastian really? Blake scored two. Get yeah. 
Um, and it's one that would be hard for Northampton Saints to win. But win it, they did. And it won it quite comfortably. It was only a try in the last minute that got Gloucester uh, two bonus points. Mm, yeah. I just worry about... I don't, I don't know. I still think... I think Northampton are very nicely built to keep making playoff playoff places. So the way I'm thinking about Premiership now is you... As long as you're in the top four every year, you don't really have a problem because you eventually will will win one. But if you're coming in third or fourth every year, that, Northampton, that Northampton team is not built to yeah. win away semis. No, they're not, are they? They're not. They put up a lot of points, though. So they do. Like Harlequin's finished fourth. So if you're going to win the Premiership from fourth position, you've got. Hang on, am I am I lying? No, Harlequins won it when they finished fourth because Bristol were top of the league, and they were yeah, that's right. They yeah. went away to Bristol. They were twenty-eight nil down after twenty-eight minutes. Bristol were going to win eighty points to nil. Easy. The maths just—that's the way you run the numbers. Yeah, that's I've run them a hundred times now. That's the way the numbers play out. Well, if you all they, they they cocked it, Bristol just cocked it up. Yeah, it's interesting how it sort of pans out. So, like the more defensive teams tend to be more dominant during the season. But if you're going to win a playoff from fourth. You're probably best doing that by scoring points. Yeah, that's and fair lots point. of them. Or and hope that Bristol finish top of the league, which is fingers not, crossed. It's not gonna happen again anytime soon. No, no, it's not. Uh, what I'm I'm just what were you paying any interest or attention to Tommy Fury? Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Jake Paul. Have you seen the script? <laughs> what? I've seen you sent through the script. You're which joking. Is, it just reads as, has to this, me, it reads as total nonsense. Uh, so like, has, has, has this fight happened now? Yeah. Has it happened? Uh, well, when did it, okay, so when did it stop? Uh, about about a minute ago. Uh, and what happened? What, was, what round did it? Well, stop tell in? me what the script said. All right, the script you sent it through. The script is like the most nonsense I've ever seen. Well, we don't know, do we? Well, we, it could be proved totally wrong. But so, there was only like there's like so it should one have finished de- round, there's round one eight. detail on each round. Yeah, it's not each round's three minutes long. It's like one sentence for each round. Yeah, it's fine. They've got to actually do some boxing. So, if it didn't finish in round eight, and was it from a TKO, Tommy Fury, damage to the eye? It, TKO, he, he, did, he, did, he did have a cut above his left eye. Oh, oh, here we go. <laughs> go on. Uh, it, it went to the eighth round. Did it go to the eighth round? But then it went to the end of the eighth round, and it was a points decision. 
Oh. He got knocked down. He got knocked down in the f- in the final round. No, 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 let's see what it says. <laughs> yes, this is exactly what it says. Okay, what happened? <laughs> so, do you want to know what the script says? Go on. Uh, I might. Okay, so round one, fighter stock. Uh, so round four, Fury seems to be having trouble with his left eye. Round five, doctors determine Fury can continue. Round eight, final round. So, are they doing? Are they going to do a? Rematch in Vegas because that's what is it Vegas? Well, uh, Tommy Fury better hope so because no one's going to take him. No, LA, seri- LA seriously as a as a if he can't beat a YouTuber, so yeah. So well, Jake Paul won that, on points or was that uh, Tommy Fury on points? Um, so someone has pointed out the script uh, Tommy Fury's eye damage and falls down in the eighth round they're following the script there you go <laughs> so Phil anything to say do want to apologise now I guess that is conclusive and I, I was totally wrong it was scripted is it only eight rounds in the fight no is it an eight round fight I don't know I don't I, I, don't I, don't know. Really, I have no than, idea other than seeing that script that you sent through and so, kind of rolling my eyes, so knowingly. Ta- so I'm going to talk about... <laughs> I don't really care. I'm going to talk about CrossFit for for a second. Is, is that okay with you boys? Oh, mate, always. Uh, how did you get on in the open? Uh, not great, but I did get a good lift. I got 105 kilogram thruster, but I think I've got 110 in me. Nice. My, 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 that's a very good lift. My, it's getting there. Nice. I, I don't want to talk about my thruster. I did, I did quite well in the workout part. Go on, are you going to tell me about your thruster? No, nah, I'm not going to tell you about my thruster. <laughs> um, it, was, it was pathetic. But yeah, my, my, my overall workout was, uh, was not good. So... What I was going to tell you is Tommy Fury worked out in my gym for about a month uh, in the in the summer. How how I want to know how small are his legs? Um, because he, he they're not. From what I remember, they weren't tiny. He's not a big bloke though. Like he's not a big is he bloke. Not, not really. Because like, like, he's um, brother of right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not cousin or because Tyson Fury is I, I, enormous. He's enormous. Yeah. So I think. It might be one of those things because he's so lean; he doesn't look as tall as maybe uh, he is. But he struck uh, me as not particularly. Only works the other way. Like if someone's rotund, they look. Yeah, yeah sure. So though he, yeah. did, he he didn't strike me as particularly big. He's. I have he genuinely no idea how big he is. Very handsome bloke. I'll give him that. Very handsome. Surprisingly, very in shape for a pro- professional athlete. <laughs> not great at CrossFit, but so he's, he's only listed listed at six foot. Yeah, that sounds about right. Whereas uh, Tyson Fury is like six, six seven, six nine, eight or nine. That's Tyson Fury is listed as six nine. That's a big boy, he, and he's big. As yeah. well. He's absolutely enormous. He's like Roman Taufafinua size. So anyway, yeah. let's put Tommy Fury to one side. Yeah, so like, like the younger, not the youngest, the middle um, Chesham is yeah. six nine. Oh, <laughs> by the, by the way. Uh, um, I think we need to start using Chitoji. <laughs> Chitoji? Chitoji. Chesm and Itoji. Yeah. I, I, I don't... Uh. I, th- I think it's just going to be... Uh, in in about a year's time, it's just going to be... The portmanteau of the two England second rows is just going to be Chesm. Because they're both mm. going to be playing. Yeah, they're both massive. Itoji out. Chesm's yeah. in. Itoji at six or something. The, 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 Itoji on the bench. The mutant Weasleys in, <laughs> in the second row. <laughs> um, so CrossFit, right? Yeah, uh, I've heard rumours that the brand, a, I'm not going to say the brand, a very famous CrossFit brand has approached uh, one of the top rugby agents in the business to assemble a CrossFit team of rugby players to compete 
in the off-season, or at least to do like a challenge. So it'll be interesting to see who they put forward. And I'm suggesting they should do something like a like a prop, a back row, a scrum half, and a winger. I think they should do like a four. I just think three flankers. Ben Earl's one of them. Ben Earl Ben Earl is gonna win the games, right? Ben Earl would win the games. Yeah, I agree with that. And then So Ben Earl wins the games, but then what you want is like the guy who's good at gymnastics, the guy who's good at lifting, the guy's guy who's good at cardio. Who's the most explosive? Henry Henry Arundel. Like explosive speed. Yeah, where does that big, get you in CrossFit though? Big quads. Massive quads. I don't know where that gets you in CrossFit though. Well that'd be the, the like box jumps, uh Yeah, true. Uh, cleans. One off lifts. So I would have thought that the cleans and the power lift, the, the Olympic lifts, would be better often by one of the big, like the bigger props. Well, explosive prop. Genge. Yeah. Genge. Genge. Earl Genge. Nice, nice, nice. And what will you'd, you'd want like a real cardio beast, someone tall that like if they're rowing machines on it, they can just absolutely oh, demolish that's a it. Great, so yeah. back row for the rower, but I was thinking you want to scrum off because they cover the most miles. For the overall cardio, like, and also you got to remember, like, body to weight is really important for burpees and mm, pull ups. Pull ups, yeah. I don't even know what position. But, uh, oh, I don't know. I, I think a back row with a massive engine, and then the gymnastics, tall, tall, long mm. back row player. Yeah, but are they going to be able to do all the you know, the ring stuff? That's why I think, yeah, because like, because body weight is important for burpees and pull ups yeah. and anything like that. And back rows, even someone like Ben Earl, he's. 10 kg heavier than if he was competing in the games hmm. yeah so I was thinking like, maybe just carrying too much like he'll be amazing at it but Will Evans would probably be really someone good light. Will Evans Will Evans yes Will Evans so I was trying to think who the word do you know who I was thinking of then I was thinking of the third choice Quinn's fly half no. Will Edwards Will Edwards I, I, was, I, 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 I was also thinking of Will Edwards that's incredibly niched him Alex Cole every year <laughs> Northampton Saints do a I can't remember what they call it, but they do a special run. Oh, the hill run thing. They do, they do a special run. It's in honour of mobs. It's, it's a mobs yeah. run thing, and it's a, it's a fitness thing they do in pre-season, but it honours the the guys, or Edgar Mobs and the and the guys who died in World War One, I, I believe. And they do this particular run, and Alex Coles has won it the last two years. And it's, wow, re- it's really cool. gruelling, and it involves carrying... It involves carrying... Things. Something, it involves carrying, like, a sandbag, I think, mm. which might represent... Something. Something. I think maybe someone carrying someone out off a battlefield. Anyway, they carry this thing, and, and Alex Coles has won it the last two years. So he's he's really long, he's very lean, mm, and he's got really. an enormous engine. Yeah. yeah, that's a good shout. I still think I still think Ben Earl's going to take some beating. Yeah. yeah. I just can't see it, yeah. Uh, Tom Curry, I imagine, would be quite good. Oh, yeah, I'd love yeah, to watch Tom that. Tom Curry, Curry, really, Curry really Simmons, good. Willis. Again, I mean, those big carrying back rows now are carrying so much extra back, uh, extra weight. Is it extra weight though? Is it because it's because I don't, I te- don't tend to buy into this. If you're an international rugby player and you're massive, that weight's going to be good functional weight. Not always, Dombrant. In most cases, <laughs> ben ben Earl, in ben the vast majority of cases, yeah, but yeah, Ben still, Earl and Tom Curry, that's good weight, that's functional it, weight. It is, but if you've got enormous legs. And you're doing pull-ups. Like you need them for some things, but it's there's, there's yeah, trade-offs so there. Of the guys that I sort of, I was, yeah, the guys that I have, have seen close up, the, the sort of body shape I think would do really well, like a Baron McGuigan, who's just like lean, natural body weight, not overly, not overly stacked, hell, really fit. I think he'd be pretty good. So the, the, like the centres apparently, 
in most rugby clubs are the ones that can you know lift the most the most explo- explosive explosively. Someone like Marchant. Yes, Marchant. Oh, Marchant would yeah, be cool. Oh, he'd be good. There, there, there are some absolute specimens out there. So I talked to a fair few guys who've retired. And I forget that I'm just talking to ex-super athletes. Mm. And like the weights that they are telling me that they um, clean or they snatch, for me, is like way above what I can do. And I'm a relatively good amateur athlete. Mm. And these guys have been retired for 10 years and they're in their 40s and it, they're still smashing it. So what must be in the premiership lurking? I mean, uh, this CrossFit brand has put... Uh, you know, They've said some interesting things about how hard CrossFit is. I'm pretty certain there's a handful of Premiership players, in fact, if not a lot of them, who would absolutely destroy it. Yeah, mm. CrossFit gets a bad name because, and I, and I actually agree with this, they do like heavy, heavy weights for reps, which is... Yeah, they're not that heavy. Well, like, what's the heaviest weight that we do for reps? 60? Well, la- last year in the Open, do you remember the first workout in the Open? It was, um, It was like 10 deadlifts and then... 10 burpee over the bars. 100, 110 kilograms? No, 100, it was 100 kgs. Yeah. 10 deadlifts and 10 burpee over the bar. And then you did that again and again and again. Yeah, it was a ladder you up and a ladder down, wasn't it? ladder up and ladder down. I think I ended up doing, in a 15-minute workout, I did a, a, a 100 deadlifts of 100 kilos, which yeah. is ludicrous. I think it's awesome. My back was blown up. It, it, it's, <laughs> it's, exactly. it's pointless. It fucking, that does oh, no, nothing. No, that's, that, that's the game, isn't that it? Does, but it does nothing. But that, that's, no, why, no, that's no, why CrossFit has no, a bad name. Because it does sorry, stuff When like you say that. it does nothing, it's not meant to do anything. It's not meant to do anything. That is just what you've got to do. Yeah, I know. But that's why CrossFit gets a bad name. I, know, I thought that was good. I, I, I like that workout. I, 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 did, I, I did really well in I that workout. I quite like that workout yeah. as well. Oh, yeah. You did that one, didn't you? Yeah. I can't remember what I got in it. You smashed it. But it was... That was hard. Yeah. But that's, it's meant to be hard. Yeah, yeah. That, that's the whole point, isn't I, it? I was quite good at that one, but um, but it was horrible. But it, but I understand why people look at that and go, why would you want to lift 100 kilos 100 times on your on Why your would you want to do anything? With your poor back. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, it's, Bro, it's the speed thing. Because like, yeah. I'll, I'll often, like, if I go to a, um, a hotel gym or something, and you're fortunate enough to have it, just do 100, 100 kg deadlift so 10 sets of 10 on 100 kg but with like appropriate rest and you're not doing burpees like that that's quite a nice nice little workout i'm not doing it for time so you're bouncing it off the yeah floor. when you're doing it for like when you're doing it that's when you blow your wrist blowing your back out no just get conditioned to do it that's what i'd say um <laughs> so yeah oh and whilst we're talking about a bit uh, billy vinapole apparently he's off to wrestling next week it's amusing Interesting. Yeah. Well, awesome. well, interesting to see Steve Balthwick come out and say, I knew this would be the next uh, domino that would fall. Steve Balthwick coming out and just planting the seed that need to drop the overseas, must play in the Premiership rule for Absolutely England players. Absolutely, you must. Would you feel, I, I agree, and we've been saying this since before this financial issue, um, certainly, but if I just signed a new contract with a club... Yes. Which yeah. I knew was less money than I could have earned. Yes, had I yeah. left all options on the table, you'd be. I'd be really pissed off. You'd be pissed off. Of course, of course you would. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah. I mean, it's like the Trevor Davidson situation, isn't it? Where he got offered a lot of money to go and play for Northampton, and Bristol said, "Sorry, um, you know, said no, no, you can't go." And I really hate that because everybody involved in this deal knows it's a limited career. And that was his chance to make some big money. And you said, yeah, no, you can't do it. But that is the game, unfortunately. Mm. You know, sometimes you need some luck and some good timing. 
and he didn't. And I suppose there's going to be other lads who have signed deals, and that's not going to be good timing. And the only thing you can do, I'm sure we'll all agree, is go to become a farm manager in South Africa and then sign for, sign for Montpellier. It is, it is a tough one to, for Trevor Davidson, but equally, retire. you understand Newcastle's point of view. It's like, no, we, we signed a contract with you yeah, yeah. that you were happy so to sign. The, the, the funny part about this Newcastle business is they were more than happy to get rid of McGuigan. Because he's on more money. And they yeah. have, have Blamire. But I just wonder, like, if you're not taking the league seriously, well, they're not, and they're not going to spend up to salary cap, why go through the dog and pony show of keeping players who are no longer going to play hard for you? I mean, would you play hard for Newcastle if they'd just deprived you of your big payday? I wouldn't. I mean, maybe that's a well, maybe that's a stain on my character, but, then, but I wouldn't. Then the flip side of that is Trevor Davidson's not going to get the contract he wants elsewhere. Elsewhere I, next year. And be competing for the England money. Or be competing for England money. Well, yeah, uh, I don't know. I think it is a bit. If you're not competing for England money, then you are shooting yourself in the foot. Yeah. Well, I don't think he's going to compete for England money if he's not seen. And Northampton. The sad fact of the matter is, Sale uh, will tell you this. But for the longest time, if you were at Sale, you just didn't get looked at out for England. That's such a load of bollocks. Do you know how I know it's not? It's such no, do you know a load I, of bollocks. Do you know how I know it's not bollocks? Because Steve Diamond said it. Correct. <laughs> and I, what I always used to say, that's precisely whenever, how I know whenever it is used, bollocks. Whenever you used to say it, I'd say, okay, so which players which players aren't being picked that should be? And All I, can't, I can't even remember the name. Go, this player is like, well... Mike Haley. That's a... Mike Will, Haley, yeah. Will, Will Addison. Will Addison, exactly. Tom Brady. Oh, the Aaron only, Reed. The Tom only Brady. reason Will Addison <laughs> isn't in England international. <laughs> oh, if, if Will Adam Addison was at another club, he <laughs> would be in England international. That's absolutely true. <laughs> what a load of bollocks. He'd be an Irish, if, only, if only they were a different club, they'd be Irish internationals. That was that was a Steve... That, that was, that was, you see, I love Steve Diamond, but that, that was... And Steve Diamond, if if that fired his players up and got them in the right mental spot, but that was well, there was no merit. There was no merit in only, that. Since Beyond Salem got really, really good, that people have started looking at the, at the players. So I think if you go up to Newcastle, it's very unlikely you're going to get. Yeah, I, I think that is. I think that Mark, is true. Mark Wilson, Jamie Bermire, George McGuigan. Um, well, they're not Tre- pick- Trevor Davison. I mean, they've not picked Carl Ferns, and that's a travesty. <laughs> I agree with you. That app prop, Callum Chick, <laughs> Callum Chick, another one. Um, just, yeah. just on the, um, just on Gary the Graham playing the playing outside of England. I'm, I was very strongly. No, you should have to play in England for two for two reasons. One, I want to see the strongest Premiership, not just because mm-hmm. I'm a fan of the Premiership, but also because. I think a stronger premiership ultimately will lead to a stronger England team. And the second point is, I don't like the idea. I mean, mean, it will happen and other players and countries manage it, but where Parise used to have to go and be put through the meat grinder on um, the rest weekends of the Six Nations and you play the week before. And so half your team are unavailable for the full training camp before and then are playing games in between the the Six Nations. I, I don't think that's conducive to the best performance but now when the premiership salary cap is less than half what it is in France mm. you just can't have those two it's one or the other yeah. you have to have a comparable maybe not exactly the same comparable overall salary cap comparable money or you've got to allow players, people to play elsewhere and be, get picked for England you can't yeah. have it's an either or yeah well look it wasn't can't have both. Uh, it wasn't anything more to me other than an economics question and you can't deny market forces I I knew this was going to happen from day one. And it's not because 
the, the rule itself is designed to protect the premiership and it makes the premiership weaker because what ends up happening is as the comparative wage for these players goes up in, say, France, the English clubs still have to make up the difference between what the, what the English money is paying them and then the rest of the salary. So say England gives them £100,000 or £250,000 or whatever that number is, the club still has to make up the, the balance. So it's only a matter of time if they froze the salary cap and France's salary cap carries on increasing, the, the pressure would get too much. And not only that, it's like the Johnny Sexton thing, which we mentioned on the last podcast, which is you're now paying a huge amount of salary cap to a, uh, to a lad that you probably don't see that much. I mean, how many times has Courtney Laws played for Northampton this year? Four times. Mm. How much of the salary cap does he use up? A lot. And then he adds the England money. So these things just are not, are not sustainable. The Premiership, if they wanted to keep their players, they need to... Uh, the salary cap. And that's mm. not a possibility. Yeah, that that is. You've got to you got to do one or the other. Yeah, you've got to up the salary cap if you want to keep them. Yeah. And if you don't, you're you're just going to see the best talent drain away. Because like, Carl Ferns is a great example, but Sam Simmons would be the same. Um, all all the guys who are going to France now, um, Zach Mercer, another one. If you're getting offered double, probably genuinely double, like an offer in the UK, or England of three hundred k. An offer in France of 600k that with uncertain additional, say, 200k of England credits, but it is not guaranteed. With the shortness of the career, you'd be foolish to, to stick around. It, it would only be for sentimentality. As always, I mean, and there's uh, Steve Walter has just planted this seed. I suspect that the, the clamouring will grow for this. Uh, it's just another example of. I was going to say weak administration. It's not weak administration. It's just administration of rugby without long-term thinking because, yeah, the longer term, if it changes, and I think it will, that that you can play for England and also play in the top 14, um, for example, uh, when that changes, that, that's fine. And five years down the line, that'll, that'll all work itself out. But the, the short-term angst that that's going to cause when it hap- if it happened now for, for next season is like Zach Mercer's probably going yeah, set- why? settled in Montpellier they would have paid me whatever I wanted because I've been awesome yeah. mm. and I won the top 14 for them and, and, I've, and I'm moving now back being forced. And now, now, I'm, now I'm moving back and the guys that are going and taking the wedge that I've left in France yeah yeah. Uh, can now Sam Simmons is now having my, my yeah exactly brilliant. Yeah. brilliant yeah I don't disagree so dude, to think about this you do it um, in multiple ways, really. If the Premiership wanted to compete with France, you lift the salary cap, or you, in fact, you even get rid of the salary cap and you rely on owners just to pay money. Mm. There are some owners that that, that would do that, and potentially a you know, rising tide lifts all the boats and everyone else sort of competes, and the league gets more popular, so on and so forth. I think that's a completely reasonable way to grow the game if that's the way you want to do it. I love the salary cap, though, and I love having it restricted as it is at the moment because... You know the conversation we had about the coaching teams and how we put uh, stuff together and the value you got to squeeze up. That is undeniably valuable for not growing the game, which is this horrible term, which means all, all sorts of different things. But progressing the game, that's when you find real innovation in the game. It's when you get real advances. Um, in JB's play. a rugby progressive. Yeah, I, I knew you were all about progressive. Rugby. Exactly, uh, styles and all the sort of, sort of, all the interesting stuff people care about. But there is there is there is a trade off. Yes. It's all trade offs all the way down. Mm. Uh, so come on, then talk H. How's it going in your level seven 
Because so we've got, the, we we've got st- the parish of Talton, who are now, I think, probably out of the race to win the league now, aren't they? Yes. They're not. I mean, we could slip up. We have the easiest of all the running runnings. We have three games left. We've got to make up five points. So we're equal on points with the Liverpool St. Helens. They have one game in hand. Mm-hmm. So if they win their extra game in hand by any amount or get a bonus point, they win the league. Mm-hmm. Simple as that. But they have Widness. Tough. Tarleton. They're playing. Tough. They're playing third and fourth in their final. Uh, yeah. in, in two of their final four games. Uh, uh, and also Aspel, who beat who, us. Yeah, yeah. Right? Very handy team. So yeah, they've got they've they've got it all all to do. I, I've got a feeling they're going to do it. You know, I, I don't think they're going to win all the games, but I think they're going to scrape enough, scrape together enough points to deny us. We have. So it's just to, just to be clear, uh, Liverpool Saint Helens, top of the table, played eighteen. 114, 69 points. Didsbury Tock H, second position. Played 19, 14 wins, 69 points. So mm. Tarleton, not out of it. They're six points behind, though, so I think that's... Yeah, I mean, it's unlikely they're going to win unlikely they're going to... Yeah, they need you to slip up. So, And we're not guaranteed promotion promotion in second, either. Mm. That would be an almighty disaster. Mm. I mean, that would be an apt... I mean, I can't see how we wouldn't get promoted. And with this as the backdrop of JB's... Uh, as it stands, final game. Indeed. On Saturday the 18th of March, Super Saturday, 2.15 kickoff. Can you change that kickoff so that it doesn't it's interfere like with the rugby? midday kickoff. Yes, I probably think we could. Because well, uh, wouldn't that be in everyone's interest? And actually, uh, just on this point, before, before uh, we'll talk about... Have you got um, Sefton? Yes, we'll, we'll talk about... They might um, not show up. <laughs> Home walkover. We'll talk about um, the... Uh, the I don't want to take you off talk H in a second, but we did get an email to this very point. Um, and I apologise for looking for it now. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, Christopher, thank you very much for your email. Contact airchasers at gmail.com. And the, the, the subject of this email is a way to frack the pie with amateur players. Ooh, hello. Mm. He says, uh, much pod love. I'm working under the, under the delusion that the RFU want to grow participation in the men's game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that that, that isn't... That, that, I mean, you'd think that would be a fair or, assumption, but yeah, or cut participation in the men's game. So, percentage-wise, you grow it in the women's game, which I yeah. think is probably what they're up to. He said, um, "I don't know what sparked this today, but I looked up amateur football kickoff times, and it seems they're at 10 a.m., 12 p.m., and 2 p.m. I wonder why the FA have most amateur football games in the morning. I wonder if it's because it means the vast majority for the 10 and 12 kickoffs can then be free to either see the pros later in the day, either in the pub, at home, or in the stadium, meaning more money in the bank for the pro." game do you think swapping the kickoff time for men's grassroots games from 3 p.m to similar times as football 10 a.m 12 p.m for example could mean everyone is showered in the clubhouse with the pros on the big screen in the afternoon at home with bt sport or or an international game or even able to get to a live game itself could this get people who love playing the sport watching it as well those playing the under 18 game are already used to playing in the morning on sundays you'd be just simply changing the day Maybe, I, I think for Six Nations, I, it seems yes. bonkers that did that did we talk H wouldn't um, wouldn't want a, like a twelve pm kickoff. Hang on, Tommy Fury beat Jake Paul. Yeah, on points. Thought he said he lost to Jake Paul. No, he beat him on points, but he did get a cut above his eye and got knocked down in the final round. All oh, right, okay. Uh, sorry, so sorry. Did, did, did you hear it? That way? Uh. I can't remember what, Who I, cares? what I heard. Who cares? What I, I, might I, have, uh, I might have said it wrong. Yeah. Sorry. 
I care about that fight so little. <laughs> so little. <laughs> yeah, so little. The script was clearly yeah, true yeah, yeah. Okay, and accurate. Fine. Definitely uh, true. Yeah. So I guess I should apologise to you now. It does sound like it, but Let, let's let's forget it. Yeah, let's uh, flip past it. Um, like just just as a, as a case in point, but would that I I, I like three o'clock and two two fifteen. So I know you like that, but. But you also like watching Six Nations rugby, and you, you also like having. You uh, also want. You also different. want your rugby club to have to be full and sell loads of beers over the bar and become a destination, right? Yeah, I think we have had early kick- kickoffs in the in the past to facilitate this. So I think we could do it. Yeah, I don't see why why not. Well, I, mean, I just mean generally, it seems like a no brainer. Yeah, I guess it does on, doesn't on it? a Super Saturday as, as more than any other day. Well, so it's only England that really has this problem because Wales and Scotland and Ireland just cancel everything. So, Is that right? Yeah, so I never played Six Nations in Wales because they rely Yeah, on, they just don't. Yeah, I was, they're relying on my ticket play. money to go down to Wales and then go down to Cardiff and buy beers. Mm. So it wasn't really it wasn't really a thing. Mm. It's only England because it's so massive um, that make us play. So And also, a lot of the lads disappeared to Twickenham anyway, so it makes a difference. But yeah, I, I'm sure we have done it before and I'd be open to doing it again. And can you ask someone about, the, about us being able to broadcast your VO system... With me and Phil doing commentary. I mean, I can give you permission to of do that. Your final Here's game. the thing, right? Tim. No, but we need someone technically to like, to, like logi- logistically make it happen. I'm not going to turn up and do. Oh, the what? Sound you think we've got sound engineers in Didsbury? No, well, <laughs> well, if you want the, if they want the, uh, they don't the, the promotion. They couldn't care less of the club. Really? Come on. Um, That's probably we don't, the only reason they tolerate you is all the promotion they get. No, they tolerate <laughs> me for dominating scrums. <laughs> um, so. Uh, it, right. So the idea that this is going to be some sort of celebration It's not, I don't want to retire I love playing this sport, I love it It's been taken away from me It should be more like a few everyone, everyone, Okay, unless you're dressing in black, right? Yeah, no, that's it no, well, that, That's it, we're, we're marking uh, Yeah I don't, I, I, we're, 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 I'm normally uncomfortable it's a funeral, with this whole idea It's a funeral for your rugby career <laughs> Yeah, awful The whole thing's awful, the whole thing's awful I, I'll have no pleasure in finishing that game I'll have no pleasure in it What? in it whatsoever actually so well that's it, it you should make a stand like JB if you want to make your point this is a great way to make your point like it's a powerful way to make your point not really it just looks like I'm having a tantrum and walking away yeah throwing uh, your toes out of the prom according, according, according to some I mean if uh, the, the, the best way to make a point is to get elected to the RFU council yes and then absolutely play hell with the internal workings of, uh, of, of the RFU they're going to love you aren't they I just can't understand the more I talk to clubs around the county and actually around the nation regarding their RFU councillor, the more I realise they've all been asleep at the wheel. Like, I had a, a message from a friend of mine who said last week, you're absolutely right, he's done loads of stuff in committees and ca- um, county level, and he's never even heard from his councillor. Never even heard. So things have got, things have got to drast- dr- drastically change. So that's the way that I think that I make a difference. And also... Make rugby great again. Yeah, here's a genuine point. So I'm not saying if I went, if I got on the council, I would never go to... When you get on the council. If I got on the council, I would never go to an international game. But I don't think I'd go when there's rugby being played in Lancashire. I mean, if Lancashire clubs are playing, you should be at a Lancashire club watching your Lancashire rugby. What on earth are you doing watching the international game? Uh, at Twickenham, what what good is that to anyone? You can uh, watch it on TV. You've, you've got a sample... England's official champagne provider, <laughs> exactly. Bollinger. Yeah, I mean, you've got, to, you've got to go and make sure you've got to be able to report back to your constituent bodies that the Bollinger is of was it was at the right cool temperature. Yes, in the Bollinger I, tank. I am one hundred percent into hospitality. 
If you think I'm not, you've got the wrong guy. I am <laughs> so into hospitality. But I'm not into overgoing to my own rugby club. Like, I would much rather go and watch Witness LSH play. Much rather. I would rather do that every weekend running than go to Twitter. I, I like that the campaigning has started. Because yeah. obviously before the podcast, JB was saying how much he couldn't wait to get to... Uh, Twickers. Uh, when's the last time that I went to Twickenham? <laughs> I'm joking, mate. I'm joking. To watch a live game. It just does not interest me. <laughs> but I'll definitely go to watch, well, whoever it is, really. That's far more interesting. So, anyway. Tonga v Spain in Malaga. <laughs> now we're talking. <laughs> yeah, that's what, that's, yeah, that's how little I care about going to Twickenham. We go, I've been, in the last six nations, have been Tonga, Spain, Georgia, Romania. Yeah. Germany. Did, yeah, we did Germany, Spain. Spain. Germany, we, we, we tried to go and watch Russia versus Lisbon. There was Russia oh, yes, versus Portugal in Lisbon, but damn, Putin invaded the week before. Why didn't just leave it two weeks? Yeah, what difference would it make? Terrible. So, uh, yeah. So there you go. Um, yeah. So that's how I made the difference. I get on the RFU council, and we get this damn thing rescinded. Not for me because it's too late for me now, but for everyone else who's coming up, coming up behind. Amen. Um, right. I'm just aware that I've got to leave for a train in about five hours. Uh, Go. But other results. Oh, sorry, sorry. Before we carry on, we won. So we can move on. Yeah, stock age. Talk, talk, talk. Um, Tigers narrowly beat London Irish, 25-22, thanks to late Andre Pollard penalties. Yeah. Um, I don't know much about this, but Chandler Cunningham South apparently chose to play for Irish rather than England under-20s. Really? Don't know any, any more than that, but he did. Or well, certainly he was playing for London Irish. Um, mm. not How did England under-20s under 20s get on? Hammered Wales. Oh, that's, that's a couple right. of good tries. The, oh, the full-back Sam Harris and the left wing, whose name I can't remember, he looks really dangerous. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, they've got some good players. Um, in other games, so um, my blue Ulster travelled to Durban. How did that go? Uh, Sharks, won. it was 31-24. Yeah. I think South Africa are in a training camp at the moment. They are. Ah. They are, so, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, so uh, the Sharks obviously missed basically an international pack. So Ulster won, which is a good win. It was the rearranged fixture because URC generally don't play. And then did you see anything of Super Rugby? No. Yeah, so I watched a bit of the Brumbies game. Did you watch it? Yeah. Oh, good work. So I've not watched anything live. I just didn't Where would one watch Brumbies I- play? Is on Sky Sports. Sky Sports. Oh, is it back? Is it? Uh, yeah, it's yeah. back. Did it go away? It started last know. weekend. It was. Uh, There's still the same thing. It's lots of wild play, which would just get absolutely. If if they try to play like that in the Champions Cup, they'll just get absolutely munched. Closed down. Yeah, by right. Leinster or. I always take a particular interest in the New Zealand teams. Oh yeah, that, those look good. Oh, um, the Chiefs result. So, Chiefs result is astonishing. Yeah, Chiefs travelled to. Uh, I don't think it was actually played in Christchurch, but they travelled to um, Crusader Territory, whatever the name of that region is. Jerusalem. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And battered the three-time reigning champs Crusaders. 31-10. With Gatland at the helm. Oh, no. No, Now Gatland has left them. D-Mac is back, back from Japan, playing 10, looking ace. So that, that result, uh, my my beloved um, Hurricanes travelled to Queensland. Not, again, it wasn't in uh, Brisbane, not quite sure where it was, but hammered the Reds. Hurricanes hammered the Reds. 
and probably the best result of the weekend, JB, your beloved Blues. Oh, yeah? Auckland Blues, who are absolutely stacked. Their lineup is outrageous. They took apart Tim's beloved Highlanders. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Tim. 60 points to... Hey, Tim, are you going to get one of the Highlanders... Like, we should try and arrange this. The lumber jackets that they wear. I need one they of them. They are cool. Uh, are they still wearing them? Don't know, but it's, it's kind of like coming to the end of summer now, isn't it? So I've been they, watching Yellowstone. I want to be a cowboy. Do you? So I've got a pair... I've got You're a, thinking Brokeback Mountain, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Well, if it's I've really, always wanted a pair of cowboy boots. Always wanted a pair of custom cowboy boots. Mm. Uh, yeah, no, with, I, with a big heel on as well. No, actually, it's weird. I'm sort of in between because I, 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 I know, is it? Yeah, no, I've got like rancher boots, my, mm. my uh, Red Wing Iron mm. Rangers. No, they're not their logging, logging boots. Yeah, logging yeah, boots, yeah, actually, aren't they? I was going to say, yeah. I, I'm, I'm mixing it up because I, I want to be a cowboy, but I kind of want to be a logger. Nothing well. wrong with um, being a logger, being, being, being an Oregon based logger. Hard men. Yeah. Very, very tough men. I, w- I would 100% oh, I was I was absolutely sorry for, I don't want to no, fill no, these together no, no. I was absolutely devastated so our, our cat um, there's another cat which uh, comes into our back garden and the door the back door was shut so our cat just goes absolutely mental when this other cat comes in and can't be bothered to go around to the cat flap to get it out so it just stands at the window and just goes for it and just scratches the window I'd taken off my shoes I'd cleaned them oh no I'd uh, I'd, I'd put the, the you know the the new Whack cream on them, the moisturiser on my boots. I'd, I'd sat them there with shoe trees in them by the back door, and the cat was scratching the window and just scratched a, a, like a, a deep cut in my oh, Iron Rangers. No. Do you know I would throw that cat in a wood chipper? <laughs> That's what I did. I'd buy a wood chipper just for that cat. I was devastated. Oh, heartbreaking, Tim. Yeah. Uh, when we're on cat and boot stories, maybe. Uh... Yeah. Maybe, maybe maybe at the end of a podcast, I don't know. JB, yeah. this the blues team. Look at the blues team. I, I, I promise you, I will look at it between now and next uh, podcast. I just will say also, uh, Major League Rugby is on there. You can watch every game on the app. Great, Can't uh, wait. well done. New York Iron Workers are two from two, uh, and my my poor beloved Nola Gold are zero and two. No, no, oh. um, so, oh, God. they'll be back. They'll be back. And the Gil Gronies and Giltinis both folded, didn't they? Yes, with some unusual. No, Nef- nothing's Nef- ever said about that. Yeah, yeah. some uh, inconsistent financials, perhaps, but we don't really know what. But the uh, Chicago Hounds uh, are, are the new team, so there we go. We've got somewhere to go there. Yes, on a nice. Um, Love to go back to Chicago on a nice business trip. Exactly, exactly. Right, right. we we are with the, the stuff we've missed, but. Whatever, that's, that's your lot. I was going to say lots of nice things about my, my second favourite club in the, in the league, Old, uh, Old Winions, but you've kind of made me run out of time now, so no. that, that, that was that. They, I like their kit. Do it next week. I like their kit, thin, great, thin red kit. and white stripes. It's classic. Yeah. Why do you think, just a quick question for you, so Old Winions, I, I should ask someone from Old Winions this, Why do you, their main rival is Oldham, okay, because location, yeah. but they play in identical kits. Maybe that's the rivalry. Yeah, but there must be some link there. And they, well, and those identical kits look identical to the Lancashire kit. So they mm. both play in Lancashire kits. Very thin red and white hoops. Mm. Yeah, but with the blue shoulder. Yeah, with the blue shot with the blue detail. Mm. I need to find that out because I don't, I don't know the answer to it. I bet there is some history there. Yeah, it must be, must be. Mm. Interesting, right? That's your lot. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.